Welcome everybody to uh, this, this episode of the Sales and Presentation Podcast. Now, I'm very fortunate that this morning I've got with me Kim Conchie, who is the Chief Executive of the Cornwall Chamber of Commerce here in the UK. Kim's just celebrated eight years in the position, Kim. I'm not sure celebrated is the right word. We've had our ups and downs. <laughs> At the moment, Trevor, it's um, pretty scary. And I was saying to somebody the other day that before I ran the Chamber of Commerce in Cornwall, I had my own business and... I ran that business through um, Black Monday, which was 1987, the, the 91 recession, the dot-com bubble bursting, 9-11, and the 2007 meltdown. But I think this, um, that we're going through at the moment, this pandemic across the world, uh, feels more seminal a moment for business and, of course, for life than any of those previous um, upsets. And uh, whilst it's absolutely terrible, uh, and you can imagine my um, working life from home at the moment is lots of um, uh, teleconferences and phone calls with worried, distraught business people, um, I do think there will be changes that come out of this that will change business life um, forever. And some of those will undoubtedly be for the better. Um, so I am trying to keep hold of sort of um, a light at the end of the tunnel while advising businesses how they can um, best hunker down and um, cope with the current terrible circumstances that we find ourselves living in at the moment. That's interesting what you say about that, Kim, because I noticed one of the things this week about the bank situation and the bank loans is that they've been using the word good businesses almost as a, as a kind of very subjective thing. So if you're, a, in their opinion, a good business, they're happy to give you the money, but if they don't, you think you're not so good. So do you think inevitably that, you know, frankly, businesses that aren't so good may not come out of this? Well, do you remember in the last recession, there was that phrase zombie business, which emerged, which um, was used to describe businesses that were only managing to survive because of uh, very low interest rates, and they were doing things in a very unproductive, inefficient, and Perhaps old school way. Yeah, this opportunity that has been given to the banks now will sort out the week from the chaff in that uh, point of view. And interestingly, Trevor, I think it's not being um, interpreted by the banks in quite the way that our political leaders thought it would be. They grabbed the sort of happy headlines by saying, you know, all these C bills as all the. the business interruption loan scheme um, are available for all businesses um, and then banks started applying their own uh, lending criteria and it emerged that um, they were encouraged first to see whether the businesses were eligible for a bank loan under existing bank terms and only when they'd been through that process could the C-bills uh, kick in. Now uh, that has been loosened now and the government have realised, and I'm not blaming the government here, it was it was policy on the hoof and there's bound to be some detail which is not picked up in that sort of process. Um, but they've now said that banks uh, may not, uh, must not, ask for personal guarantees from directors for C-bills under £250,000. Yeah. And they've encouraged, with two or three further steps this week, the banks to get that money out there because... Um, you might have seen, I'm on the um, the COVID working party with the LEP and Cornwall Council, and you might have seen the survey results uh, are indicating that in Cornwall, 15% um, of businesses haven't got reserves to last a week, 24% further haven't got reserves to last uh, a month, and a further 18% haven't got reserves to last three months. So unless something pretty drastic is done, um, we're going to find 40% of Cornwall's businesses failing in the next three months um, and that the, the consequences of that Trevor um, on the long-term impact uh, on the economy 
are absolutely um, unthinkable. It would be untold, be worse than any post-war situation or whatever. So the government desperately wants to get these loans um, to prop up businesses, and they won't all be um, good in the sense that you and I are thinking of that. Yeah. There'll be lots of other businesses which will become eligible just simply to survive and keep the economic landscape looking somewhat recognisable as we emerge from this current crisis. And I guess, Kim, you know, clearly you said, you know, lots of calls you've had from businesses who are really, you know, struggling and this sort of thing. But I imagine that you've also picked up on businesses who are, who are doing things differently or, or, or trying to be positive. Any, any things you can share with that without naming the businesses necessarily? Well, I can share one or two success stories, actually. I mean, again, in the same survey, the same Growth Hub survey, uh, 91% of businesses are adversely impacted. And that, that does, of course, leave 9% that are, that are either not impacted or, or positively impacted. And um, one or two that I can mention is um, Wildernet, which had a, um, a large uh, loan from the Cornwall Arsenal Investment Fund last year. It's a microwave-driven um, uh, um, internet service provider. And as everybody's working from home now, they've suddenly realised that their home internet is not up to um, scratch. So Wilder, yeah. for example, are absolutely overwhelmed with leads and, um, and new orders, which is quite an interesting one. Uh, of course, we've seen uh, food delivery businesses absolutely thriving. And I think both of those two things give us a clue to what might be different in the future. On the, on the internet side of things, here we are doing this by Zoom, um, and Zoom, I read the other day, is now valued at more than United Airlines, Delta Airlines and American Airlines put together. Um, and I think we will see an acceptability of um, teleconferencing become part and parcel of normal business life in a way that it, it never quite caught on uh, before. And certainly I'm finding that the saving in travelling time and expense is a benefit. So that will be a productivity benefit um, to business. So, um, yes, anybody involved in sort of teleconferencing, delivery of um, internet services is going to flourish. I also fear for um, further for the retail sector, as we all become more used to buying more and more things um, online during this crisis, during this lockdown, um, I think that the, uh, the old um, style uh, retail um, will suffer more and more. More people will, will get used to buying things online. And I, I, you may know that we've been running um, at the Chamber of Commerce uh, 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 reimagining our towns, reimagining our high streets sort of campaign for the last um, uh, eight months or so. I think this drives me further to think that uh, we are going to have to look afresh at what we want from these amazing community hubs that we called, well, we call towns and um, with beautiful architecture and um, you know, supported by sort of 150, 200 years of um, of shopping um, from from people who thought that our capacity to carry on uh, shopping in in shops was going to um, last forever, and now it's just I think not. So there are certain sectors which are going to be really hit, and in Cornwall um, we are going to have a devastation I think to the retail sector and um, hospitality. Unless this money gets out into these small businesses, we're going to see a a decimation of the, of the hospitality sector as well. Do you think, Kim, that part of that will be a readjustment to our views on consumerism? 
Um, what I mean by that is that I was my neighbor, so over the garden wall kind of thing, he's a, he's a boat, he offers boat services, yacht services. So he manages uh, boats and yachts and he's, he's well used to kind of living on them or has been, you know, before having a family and that. And he said, it's very interesting, he said, because, you know, we've all got loads and loads of stuff, haven't we? You know, we've got wardrobes for the clothes, we've got, you know, kit, you know, we've got loads of stuff. And he was wondering whether this will be a time when we think, actually, we don't need to keep spending money on all this. And, and therefore, you know, if you're a fashion retailer, where does that leave you? You know, that sort of thing. I think absolutely. I'd already been... Um spotted this as a trend um, and, and, and actually said it on a, uh, a BBC Radio Cornwall interview last year, that people were buying each other for their birthday presents experiences rather than more stuff. Um, and I went to one or two markets and I looked around and sort of thought, do I need more clutter, more clothes, more accessories? Um, and I really don't. And I think um, you're absolutely right. Uh, I've, I've, I've taken the approach of, of um, putting on a smart shirt and, and running from, from home. But I, I see people joking about, I'm no longer going into my pyjamas because I don't want to go to bed in my best work gear, this sort of thing. So I think people will, <laughs> will need fewer clothes um, and, and less stuff. And I, and I do think there's a move towards um, experiences. And of course, unless the retail, unless the high street can offer um, that experience, experiential sort of um, uh, shopping, then that is going to be a further nail in their coffin, I believe. So yes, I think there's absolutely already a drift. I think the um, the next generation and the, and the one below that are buying, you know, reused, recycled um, uh, sort of stuff. The vintage and retro shops are, are, are flourishing. Um, and I think that uh, drive to have more and more um, smart, new, whether it be clothes or homeware or whatever, is, is going to drift away. I think it already was doing, and I think this is going to um, accelerate that. It's interesting because um, I was having a conversation with another person, and we were talking mm -hmm. about, you know, our parents' kind of generation, and maybe just before them as well, where, you know, when I was a youngster, we never ate out you know, we very rarely ate out if ever, you know, we, we um, very rarely, you know, had new clothes unless we got too big for our old clothes, you know, as we were yeah. growing up and, um, you know, never went on, on holidays, really. Yeah. So, you know, all those things that we've all got used to, you know, um, and, you know, my father would have traveled to the odd meeting, but he would have basically gone from three miles down the road to his office every day. And that would have been pretty much it, you know, so, um, yeah, you're right. We've got we've got used to all of those things you've just listed there very quickly, haven't we? Really, as if they're part and parcel of uh, of how life must be. But I think there will be. You know, the, we had the the Greta Thunberg movement that came in before COVID did, so there was already a um, a sort of drive towards less air travel, for example. And yeah. um, so th those th that um, that drift, I think, uh, will will happen. Um, I think there's going to be a bit of a, when this um, lockdown is over, I think people will want to go and eat and drink out a bit more. I think it's going to yes. be a party. It'll be a surge in activity, <laughs> wouldn't it, for sure? This is over. But, but whether people will feel the need, um, you know, in Falmouth, where I live, there are dozens of lovely places to eat out. Whether all those will flourish post-COVID remains to be seen. And um, like you, I'm the same generation as you. I had hand-me-downs from friends children who were in the, the year or two above me um and we we that was how life went on and when we had a, a new item of clothing it was a red letter day indeed 
Yeah. Now, Kim, I saw on the post that you put on LinkedIn yesterday that the Cornwall Chamber of Commerce have got lots of things going on to support businesses. Do you want to say a little bit about those? Are they, and, and whether they're exclusive for your members or whether some of them are available to non-members? You talked about live events and your trade and export documentation, your member communications, the growth hub. So it'd be kind of useful maybe to share some of that for, for our listeners in this area. Certainly, yes. Well, I see that um, the um, information and the reassurance and the lobbying which uh, Cornwall Chamber is one of the uh, British Chambers of Commerce up to government and feeding information down from government departments to the businesses of Cornwall um, is, a, is, a, is a, at a crucial moment, uh, obviously. So we're working very closely with the official um, government sectors. So the Growth Hub is the local um, manifestation of the government uh, and that's where you go if you're worried about getting your, as a business, getting your rate rebate from the council um, or uh, further information about um, government support schemes. <coughs> um, I'm uh, leading on uh, making sure that our members and indeed the wider business audience of Cornwall gets the information it needs you know, you'll have read um, over the last few days some criticism of the government schemes around, um, you know, which businesses are eligible for rate rebates. I won't go into every detail on that, but for example, um, businesses in our innovation centres have never been separately um, assessed for rates, so they're not able to claim their uh, rate rebate, for example. So we're trying to find ways to lobby and support those businesses in, in difficult times. Um, there are other small businesses for example, who've paid their directors from dividends rather than a salary, and they appear to be in a gap. I think the word dividend to public policy makers feels like it's sort of um, supporting fat cats. Of course, many small businesses have been advised by themselves in that direction. So the Chamber of Commerce um, is upping the frequency of our, what we're calling Chamber of Commerce Live events. Um, there's two or three every week uh, on specific subjects, which I feel um, are going to be of interest to businesses in these uh, tough times. That's starting on um, the 3rd of April, and then we'll do every week a sort of Q&A, so um, people can uh, phone or email or text in their specific business worries, and we will... Um, answer them from a Chamber of Commerce point of view if we have that information or if we have them to hand, we'll go and find it uh, for you. So um, there's that. We're actually able to increase the calibre of our speakers at some of our events because whereas um, sometimes it's difficult to get uh, internationally renowned speakers to come to Cornwall for, for a um, an event um, in real world, um, I can get people online to contribute um, their expertise. So we're actually upping the calibre in some respects. And if you look out on cornwallchamber.co.uk, you'll see we've got some cracking um, uh, events and speakers planned. So, for example, um, we've got one coming up with Tony Denker, who's the executive of Be the Business, which is a government activity um, agency. So some, some really good stuff. Um, that we're able to um, to get to Cornwall. So it's a combination of informational, inspirational, and just the lobbying and two-way uh, um, conduit that the Chamber of Commerce can be to the business community uh, locally, uh, working um, you know in that sort of visceral sense that that the Chamber of Commerce, which is run you know by business for business, can add a layer of um, 
support to businesses which the official channels can't ask of government you know they can't they can't lobby they can't criticize they can't um bemoan in quite the same way that uh, can do. but having said that we're working very closely uh, sure. And some of the and some of those events are they are they accessible to non-chamber members or um... absolutely yes I think yeah. this 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 opportunity of being online means that um, you know that uh, you don't need to uh, be able to be a member to access all of them um, but I do think that in uh, in times like this even more important that businesses collaborate and are seen to be working together with one voice uh, where we can to make sure that our issues our concerns are really heard properly in government and i do think this government in fairness does seem to have got that message but you know we need to see ourselves uh, through these dark times hunker down and then make sure that we are prepared to accelerate out of it as, as fast as we can when things turn around and that sharing of knowledge um inspiration expertise connections that the Chamber of Commerce can bring to businesses, I, I hope, will be useful during that period. Yeah. Well, my the, the, the term I'm using with the businesses I work with is survive, then thrive. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so, so, survive is the new thrive for the moment, and then we, yeah, we yeah. merge together. And I do hope that, um, you know, in, in Cornwall, we've got a very collaborative sense of doing these things together. We do have lots of small businesses, and no one of those, as you will know from your work, necessarily has all the financial clout or all the brains in one place to do the R&D which is required but if we can work together to do that then I think Cornwall can emerge from this as a really collaborative business area set up um, online to do things which you know um, the internet would have been unthinkable but we can really for many <coughs> excuse me for many businesses um, <coughs> location is no longer a problem and um, we need to use this um, to accelerate Cornwall into a new way of doing things for the 21st century. Um, and I believe we've got some of the mechanisms in place to do that. Great stuff. Kim, to finish, any, 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 any top tips uh, based on your own business running experience when these things happen before? Is there any, any sort of top tip that you would share with businesses generally? I mean, because a lot of our listeners are outside of Cornwall, so, you know, on a global basis. Yeah. First of all, there's lots of advice around, and, I, and please do take advantage of that while you're at home um, and not able to interact with your team and your customers in quite the same way as you perhaps normally uh, would have done. Make sure you're seeking all the best advice, which is around, whether that's from British Chambers of Commerce or whether it's from um, uh, coaches like you, and we've got We've got people in Cornwall offering really good local advice. There are top tips, of course, on all sorts of online uh, media. Twitter, I see some good stuff about um, preparing your business. And I think when you've um, taken as much advice as you can get hold of, listen to your inner voice and act quickly and appropriately. I mean, it's up to employers and employees to make sure they are acting in the best responsible way to um, furlough staff, which is, you know, we've come to use the word furlough, but actually it's it's called government job um, uh, retention scheme. So you know, furloughing people is about retaining those skills in those trusted members of staff that you want to um, use when we emerge from, from this crisis. So furlough quickly, use government um, schemes that are available. If you're not aware of them, 
um, the, use the Chamber of Commerce Q&A session to find out where all those um, sources are um, and, and act quickly and uh, clearly with your team, with your own customers, with your supply chain about what you are planning. And think um, really um, interestingly, I used the phrase the other day that conversations are being had with HMRC and with Cornwall Council that would have been unthinkable a month ago about ways in which you can cut costs. Um, British Chamber of Commerce have campaigned for a complete tax freeze at the moment, so don't pay uh, VAT and PAYE at the end of uh, March. Get your accountant to make sure that you're registered to uh, put those on hold until further notice. Um, and look um, attentively around at all your costs and see what can be stripped out temporarily. Um, that uh, will enable you to uh, survive this crisis, but you can take the out of mothballs when we come out of it quite quickly in order to uh, emerge and accelerate out of the crisis. So really um, spend some time, now you've got it, on the business, not immersed in the, the mire every day, and take a step back, look at the, look at the, look at the costs, um, uh, think about your staff and, and their issues and uh, how you can best retain them for the future and in, in which ways that can be done uh, to their um, benefit and to the businesses. Yeah, I think, that's a, I think that's a very good point because for those businesses that are kind of semi-locked down or even totally locked down, this is the opportunity, isn't it, to look at and work, as you say, on the business and review your offer and, you know, check your website and all the sort of stuff you never normally get time to do and you park because you get, something else gets in the way. Um, Indeed. You know, I remember, Kim, back in my media days when I was a young whippersnapper of an aspiring manager. You know, I was on a trainee manager's course for six months. And my boss said, make the full use of this learning time because you'll never get it again. Because as soon as you get your first manager's job, it will be, you'll be full on. You'll never be able to step back. And he was absolutely right. So, yeah. you know, I, for my business, was one, and I'm sure others are doing it. Oh, we're looking we're looking from the outside in and all that sort of stuff so final question then you're living in falmouth you've got the glorious sort of place to live are you, are you using your daily exercise allowance absolutely <laughs> i feel very lucky as i think most of us do who, who live and work in cornwall that we do live in this amazing place and my daily exercise allowance is yeah i've got a, i've got a, a nice garden so i can do a bit of gardening and um to get down for a jog or a walk along the seafront or, or the coast path to Mainforth. Um, and we are very lucky. And the sun, you know, we keep being told nationally that um, we're going to get uh, rain, but every morning the sun comes out. And, oh, been, um, the, weather's, the weather's been one of the uh, positive things about all this, hasn't it? It, it know, has. That, the, us the, all the, motivated. The, the, flower, the flowers and, and spring emergence of Cornwall, alongside being able to hear the bird song, has been um, some pleasure. So... Yeah, cling on to those things. Look after you, everybody. Look after your uh, your loved ones and your own mental and physical well-being, and um, we'll be well set to um, to get this as soon as possible. But as I say, it's going to be one hell of a party. Yeah, Kim, really appreciate your time. I know you're massively busy at the moment, so really appreciate your time. Thank you very much for coming on the show, and uh, stay safe, stay positive. I suppose. Yeah. Thank you. That's been a very enjoyable uh, conversation to start the day. So let's hope I have some some other more um, upbeat ones during the day. So uh, nice, nice to talk to you. Thanks, Kim. Thank you for listening. The Sales and Presentation Podcast is a production of Trevor Lee Media. If your organisation needs to transform its sales activity and re-energise its sales team, or you need help with a key presentation or sales pitch 
then please get in touch with Trevor via trevor at trevorleemedia.co.uk or call him on 07785 390 717. If you enjoyed the podcast, please do leave a review on iTunes or via your podcast app. Thank you.